When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Tough go for the Oilers last night. 7-3 loss to the Minnesota Wild. Tyler Benson did get his first NHL goal, which was a nice moment, but uh, overall really tough outing for the Oilers as they had their five-game winning streak come to an end. Well, best of edition tonight on Inside Sports. Hope you're having a great family day. And it was so awesome to catch up with this guy. I've known him, well, I, I first met him uh, 22 years ago, he was doing play-by-play for the Fort McMurray Oil Barons of the AJHL while I was covering the Lloydminster Blazers. He's uh, gone on to an incredible career in broadcasting, and for a long time, he was paired up with my buddy Jay Onright. And, of course, I'm talking about Dan O'Toole. I'm great, Reed. I haven't seen you in, I don't know, probably the last time I saw you was at Jay Onright's. Uh, that would have been. Uh, it was Your last visit to Toronto. Yes. Yeah. When I was uh, so hungover from the previous night, I asked you to split a beer with me because I knew I couldn't handle a full beer, and that did not go over well with you. I remember that. I just found it very comical. I'd never been asked that in my you life. Did, you didn't so, have the full context of how, and, right. I, and I knew I was going to have more later that evening, so right. I was like, oh, man. So when was that, 2019 probably? Uh, or 20? Probably, sure. Probably, no, I don't think it would have been 19. I think it would have been yeah. 19. Yeah. I remember you, the, the world was different then. The world was quite different. Yes, it was a lot easier just to get on a plane and go across the country, though I guess, you know, some people are, are doing that. Not me in the middle of the season, of course. Now, you are coming to us from, or, or, like, I'm doing my show from the basement. Are you currently in a basement as well? Is this a all-basement conversation? This is an all-basement oh. conversation. I can turn the camera here, and you can see, literally, <laughs> there's the stairs into the basement. Wow. This is a house that was built in 1875 in beautiful Orono, Ontario, home of Stanley Cup champion Brian Bickle. Oh, nice. Okay, well, a lot of trivia there. Uh, so, okay, first of all, you have a very old house. Yes. What year, what year was it built? 1875. Now, obviously, there's been work done, I would hope. <laughs> Yeah, but if you look at these walls here, and if it's a cold one outside, the the wind just howls through the rocks. Like, uh, they didn't use a lot of insulation, and the house is double-bricked, which also means poor cell phone reception. So there's a lot of drawbacks on an old house, but also at the same time, there's so much character. So we love it. Sometimes we are a bit upset with it, but not too upset because, uh, as the previous owner said, uh, I've never told my kids this. There were ghosts here. But one night, they were sitting on the couch. The basement door opened up, and they said a little girl walked out, and, and she said bye. So the ghosts left. I'm like, I am never repeating that story to my no, kids. I, I think they're just messing with you, Dad. I think they're just messing with you. I don't Hopefully. believe in ghosts, but yeah. uh, I don't know. When someone says that, I'm like, well, so they're gone? They're like, oh, yeah, it's all clear. <laughs> Well, if they said goodbye, you got to take them at their word, I suppose. That's right. If you can't trust ghosts, who can you trust? <laughs> now, do you know how many owners of the house there have been? Is that tracked at all? 
I should really look into that. I don't think a lot because the, the previous owners, who I'm still in touch with, a nice couple that moved to Hamilton after they bought it before them, it was abandoned for five years. And before them, a woman owned it for like 90 years. Oh, amazing. Yeah, so okay. I think maybe I'm like the fourth or fifth owner. Since 1875. That is remarkable. Yeah. So I don't know where I'll find these records. I guess I have to go to City Hall. I don't know. But I should do that to, to see who used to live here. Yeah, so you have to go to the, okay, I'm going to try it. The or Orono? Orono? Yes. Which one Orno. is it? Orono. Orono. Yeah, Orono. I don't even know how to write that properly with the o -R emphasis on the syllable. O-N-O, and it's literally Toronto without the T's. If okay. you take out the T's in Toronto, you got Orono. But how you're like at the uh, tip of east. what would be considered the GTA or not even yeah. the GTA anymore? We're east. So if you leave Toronto and you head to Ottawa or Montreal, you drive past my turnoff on the 401. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah. So you get a nice little community there in your uh, you know, relatively ancient house by Canadian standards. I mean, it's not yes. like you're in a, if you lived in England, this you'd be living in a castle that's 2,000 years old or something. And I live right on Main Street. I literally live <laughs> on Main Street. So I have a convenience store here, a general store. I've got all the conveniences of the big city. The only thing we're missing is a grocery store because it closed down uh, six years ago and I moved here five years ago. Oh, my. Okay. So you got to go to the next community then. Yeah. It's a, it's a, I always say I'm going to the big city, which is six minutes away, Newcastle. Okay, so there you go. Well, this is exciting. So uh, it's great to have you on the show again, and, and I'm glad that uh, life is treating you well. Tell everybody about the pod. I mean, this must be a big podcast because mo most podcasts don't have commercials on national television. They don't even have flyers. They just got they, word of mouth. And the best thing is people think I'm paying for them, and they're like, where are you getting all this money? I'm like, I, I don't tell them. I'm like, oh, I thought I was buying one commercial. Turns out I bought a thousand. Um, but for fans of podcast, podcast, I just podcast, podcast. If you listen to Jay and I's podcast, which we started in 2009, I compare this to someone from a, a show getting a spinoff. So a character from a show getting a spinoff. So their character arc continues just in a new area. So it's kind of a continuation of Jay and I's podcast, a podcast that was about nothing. Um, so now I've started another podcast about nothing. Which is fine. Yeah. And if you're wondering, the, the, the name is Boomsies. Right. And that stems from a, a producer of ours that we had in L.A. by the name of Sean Keegan. And he'd always be in our ear if there was a big play or something, he'd say, uh, Boomsies. Or if there was someone fell on their face, he'd say, that's a Boomsies. So before this started, uh, I sent him a text. I'm like, I'm going to use that for, uh, for a podcast name. I don't think he knew the extent that I would use it, uh, that it would be in commercials <laughs> and such, but uh, we're using it. Because the original name, the, the, the people that uh, finance the podcast and, uh, and have me employed, they came up with a name like Dan O'Toole talking with friends and become friends. It was literally... A name like that, I'm like, I don't think I want that. They're like, okay, what do you think? And I said, Boomsies? They said, sold. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times if you just have an idea, people will accept it, you know, because they, they they probably aren't that confident in their idea. That's what I've learned. So just yeah. have an idea of your own, and they might roll with it. I was going to, for the longest time, I had a working title of a podcast, and it was going to be kind of just, a, and Dan, because it was always Jay and Dan, so I'd have a blank and oh. Dan. 
That's a great. I would have liked that too. That's that's pretty good. But what but would have the, to explain it to people? Yeah, what would the pronunciation be? Would people say blank out loud? Or would they just call it and Dan? You know, I suppose exactly. And some of the commercials, there were some pretty funny ones, but they didn't know if uh, I would take offense because we had a. Uh, an advertising firm write up these commercials one of them was i'm at a news conference and every question's about jay they're like so is jay really tall oh do you have any stories about jay and i'm like this is this is this is a news conference about me so they actually wrote to me they're like oh dan i don't know if we want to do this because it is your podcast i'm like well jay's always going to be a part of my life so I thought it was pretty funny. They're like, well, then we might have to get like a clearance to use his name. So they just bailed on that idea. I wish they had gone with it because I would have found it very hilarious. Yeah. So would Jay. Jay would have thought it was Jay, very Jay funny. Jay finds too. most things hilarious. Yeah. Maybe too many things. Yeah. <laughs> He's an easy audience. As, uh, as he is. Both, so. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dan O'Toole joining us in Inside Sports. Okay, so look, thanks for doing this. Let, let's go back uh, about a year now. <laughs> and you, I mean, look, people know your career. I, I mean, I first met you when you were doing Fort McMurray Oil Barons play-by-play, but clearly on a national stage, you're on TSN. As you mentioned, you and Jay get to go to L.A. for, for four years. Uh, it's much... You mean uh, when we sold out? We sold out. You, yes, well, I didn't want to say it. <laughs> and then you had the, uh, the much ballyhooed return to Canada, and you guys are doing great. And then, I, I mean, I got to ask you, you're, you're one of the most prominent names in Canadian sports broadcasting. And then one day, uh, somebody comes and tells you, well, Dan, we're not going to employ you anymore. Yes. So, um, yeah, that was a tough one. The worst part about it was you get an email in the morning saying you're needed on a business, future business decision conference call. So I sent that email heading to a buddy who had got fired the previous week. He's like, yeah, that's not a good email to get. So you're waiting around all day knowing what's happening. I'm like, can't they just call you and let you know? So that happened, yeah, um, a year ago last week. So that was a year ago on Wednesday. And so I had to figure out what I was going to do. I talked to, to former bosses in the business, and they're like, yeah, you're probably done. And I'm like, what? So now, was that was there, kind of hard. That was just, hard to hear. Let me just jump in for a sec. Sorry. Yep. Was there any part of what they told you about your termination that you found adequate or? It was business. It, you know it, what was, I mean? like, like, it was a generic phone call. They're reading off a script said, uh, we have no problems with your performance, your work. This is strictly a business decision. And then they hand it off to HR. And then That's they it. say, we're going to wipe your phone in five minutes. So whatever you need from it, you better get now. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I barely know how to log into my phone. So I'm panicking. I'm like, what do I do? So, yeah, that was nerve-wracking for five minutes. I figured it out. I backed it up in the cloud. But, yeah, they said business decision. And then uh, go figure out your life, essentially. So... That's what I was forced to do, to kind of reinvent myself. Did you watch uh, Jay's uh, message that night? I mean, to you and a couple others, uh, where he was quite I tearful? I did. Yeah. I, was, I was tearing up, too. I was watching it, uh, actually, at Brian Bickle's house, because uh, that was on after the Super Bowl. So, And I knew it was going to be tough for him, because he'd be taking heat from people. And some people, still to this day, they're like, are you mad Jay didn't leave his job, too? I'm like... 
are you out of your mind? <laughs> yeah, guys, I'm stepping away from my contract, even though I needed to pay my mortgage and feed my kids, but I'm stepping away. And then I would say to Jay, well, that was dumb. Now we're both unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> so I always have to remind people, and they seem to think like I'm, I'm mad at Jay. They're like, well, do you guys still get along? I'm like, Jay didn't fire me. Jay and I still talk every single day. He listens to the podcast and sends me parts that he liked. I'm like, Jay's always going to be part of my life. We've yeah. never had a fight in our entire lifetime of working together. We've worked together since 2004. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. More with Dan O'Toole when we get back to the best of inside sports on 630 Chat. Best of Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Hope you've had a really good family day. If you had a long weekend, hope it was productive and or restful, whatever your goals were. We got Stephanie Labbe coming up in the next half hour, the gold medal goalie for the Canadian women's soccer team from the Tokyo Olympics, and she recently announced her retirement, so you'll want to stick around for that. But let's get to part two with Dan O'Toole. And I, I asked him, so what, what was it like getting back on air and starting up your podcast? In essence, I kind of put out feelers this past summer when on Instagram, I started this project called Danitized, where I'm like, I'm unemployed right now and I'm being paid for a, a certain set of months. So I'm also put some good karma out into the world. So I sent out a message. I said, people, if you own a business, if you've got a product and you're having problems getting it out the door because stores are closed, send it to me. I'll do a little Instagram video for you. So I thought I'd get like two or three products. I got like close to a hundred products. And what I found was first off, there's amazing products you've never heard of in Canada. And then once I started doing it, I loved it. And I, I didn't half-ass it and I probably should have because I ended up doing 30 or 40 of them where I was editing all day on these things. I went from not being able to edit a single video to editing a minute and a half of video with music, with voiceovers, everything. So I'm like showing it to my kids and we're making tweaks. And they're like, dad, you don't have to put this much work into it. I'm like, but I want to, I want to make it look good. <laughs> so what that did was it kind of reinvigorated me. And I'm like, I still have some creative juices in me. So that's when I started thinking about doing a podcast. And then, uh, then these guys came calling. They said, hey, we want to work together. What do you want to do? And I said, how about a podcast? They said, Sure. And they said, do whatever you want. And and I you're said, doing it. You're, you're a gambling site. So do I have to, <laughs> like, you don't have to talk about that. We want you to do what you want to do. And I'm like, really? So we've uh, done four episodes so far. Haven't got a single show note. Haven't got a single suggestion. Haven't heard from a single boss. And when I do hear from them, it's just to say, love it. Numbers are great. We love the message you're putting out there. And I'm like, Am I in another world? Because this has never happened in my entire life where I'm allowed to do what I want and not have any repercussions. I can talk about products or businesses in Canada 
and products I don't like and try to help them and not get a call from a boss saying, you can't say that about them. I'm not, again, bashing products. I'm just saying, hey, here, I'm here to help. So it's been very liberating at the age of 46 to, to work for someone where they give me absolute total free reign. Which is awesome. And I'm, yeah, glad, I'm glad you're is. loving life and loving doing it. I mean, that's yeah. that feeling of freedom. I think is is very important, and, I, and I'm yes. glad you and I'm glad you have that. And I, and I have that a lot in my job too, which is which is pretty cool. Um, do, you, do you ever? What do you miss, if anything? And you can't say Jay outside of Jay. What, do you miss anything about the highlight show, or is that format? I mean, I think there's a different relationship now between the audience and highlight shows because of the internet and you can go on Twitter and there's a little video box of the mm-hmm. play of the day. Like, you know, how do you feel about, at least for now, not being in that format anymore? I miss doing highlights and I never won an award, never nominated for an award, but I think I was pretty damn good at doing highlights. Mm-hmm. And I love doing that. I put a lot of work into that. And you said I, I wasn't allowed to mention Jay, but that was... of the show where Jay and I, our main goal was just to make each other laugh. And I pointed to this in a previous podcast. From 2017 up until 20, whenever they fired me last year, 2021, those four years were the best shows we've ever done. Like I look back at the old clips where they've got uh, the top 10 before we went to LA. I cringe. I cringe at that stuff. I'm like, we were not, we were not good. And people are like, oh, that was hilarious. I'm like, no, it's not. Like, we matured a lot with our humor, and it got more absurd, but it got funnier to us. Like, never in those old shows was I in tears laughing, but at least once a week in the last four years, we would be in tears. Jay, too. Like, we couldn't talk. Producer Tim would be in our ear saying, you need to talk. This is a sports show, and we're on the ground laughing, and I'd never had that. So, yeah, I miss that. I don't miss the hours. The earliest I ever got home in the last 22 years was 2 a.m. Right, yeah. So now I'm like, I'm racing my kids to bed. I'm like, I'm going to be in bed by 10. They're like, uh, no. So I'm like, but I want to be. It's great. Because I've never had that. Getting up at early hours, like I'm up at 7, 8 a.m. And I'm like, wow, the rest of the world is up at this time? Yeah. It's just so weird. Well, I'll tell you what, Dan, uh, the only bad thing about this interview is that it has to end. Oh. It, it is it is awesome to catch up with you. We're not going to do a rapid fire or anything? I, I, I want to have you on again. Let's let's okay. do something sooner rather than later, and uh, th- then we'll really bash on right in that one. We just yes. we pulled a lot of punches today. But, hey, honestly, uh, you got a great basement. You got a great podcast, and uh, you're, you continue to be a great story. Thank you so much for coming on the show. By the way, can I point out, I believe in my first show I ever did with Jay, I said his last name wrong. Because <laughs> I said on rate. Well, it looks that way. And then he's like, are we going to fix that? Uh, uh, so that's a little tidbit. That is Dan O'Toole. He was one of the good guys, uh, very entertaining man. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
And uh, if you check out his podcast, it's always a lot of fun. Stephanie Labbe, next. Well, she is one of the all-time greats in Canadian soccer, and she was the goaltender as Canada won gold in women's soccer at the Olympics in Tokyo last summer. She recently renounced her uh, retirement from the sport. Uh, I spoke to her about a week before that happened. Best of Inside Sports resumes with Stephanie Labe. I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you, obviously, and uh, on our list of somebody we wanted to talk to. Well, always, but especially since August. <laughs> like, so do you, like, do you ever just... Uh, take out the gold medal and like wear it around or put it on, show it to people. <laughs> Honestly, like every once in a while, I see it laying around around on the floor, and I I look at it and I pick it up and I take it out of its little case, and uh, it still like blows my mind uh, what we accomplished and to see that and the reminder of like, did we actually win this? Like, we actually did this. It's it's crazy, you know. You set your mind to a goal and you dream of something for so long that. You know, the majority of people don't get to walk away with those. Like, it's a very, very few um, athletes that get to walk away from the Olympics and actually be successful and fully win. So, like, to be one of those is just, it's its incredible. And, yeah, I still have to pinch myself every day. Well, I, I think a lot of Canadians do, and I, I re-watched uh, the, the penalty kicks from the, the gold medal game before doing this interview because I just wanted to kind of freshen up in my memory of uh, what I saw live in the summer, and it's still kind of, um, like, it's still thrilling, <laughs> you know, even though I know what's going to happen, which is pretty cool I, for me. Honestly, I lay in bed at night and I think about it, and, like, my heart still starts racing, and I still can feel the exact emotions that I felt on that day. Like, it's crazy how that moment still, like, lives in my body, and, like, still, I can still get the reactions from it. Like, it's... It really was a, a really special moment. And, um, yeah, to be able to bring home that gold for Canada and to do it with some of the most incredible people in my life was so, so much fun. You know, one thing that uh, I really noticed watching you, and uh, I, I know a lot of fans and listeners brought it up, was during the, those penalty kicks, you had that routine, I guess I'll call it, where you sort of stood relatively close to the kick taker and the ref had to say okay you gotta go stand on your line and you almost had like this big well you did have this big grin on your face like is that part of your routine is that a mental stare down you're trying to do what could you tell us about that <laughs> honestly like you know everyone has their process the shooter has the process that they want to go through the goalkeeper kind of has their process um the thing that you want to stick to no matter like what you know as a goalkeeper whether you make the save or it goes in you want to stick to the same process each time you know every sport has it um in terms of like preparation for a specific moment of of the event or competition and for me i had that the the smile I don't know if that was fully part of my, you know, pre uh, predetermined um, process. It was something for me that just totally came out in the moment. Like I remember genuinely just being so happy and so excited and just like loving it and being so present in the moment. So that smile was like fully genuine. And for sure, there's a little bit of a, you know, a smirk behind the smile of 
trying to get in the head of the shooter or trying to get them to see me smiling at them. Um, but the the majority of it was definitely just this like real, raw, genuine enjoyment for where I was. Okay, so, well, which is really cool. And, and you mentioned how you can sort of take yourself back to that moment and feel all those same emotions. Were you... Okay, I was going to say, were you aware of the stakes? Obviously, you were aware of the stakes, but to some extent, you have to uh, block that out and just rely on all the training and preparation that got you there when you're actually on the line trying to make those saves? For sure. There was a, a total mix. Like, I was aware of, you know, obviously, like you said, the stakes. I knew I was in a gold medal final. Um, I am terrible. I have a terrible short-term memory, so in, like, PK shootouts, I actually have no idea what the score is. Like, I, it's so hard for me. And when you're a goalkeeper, you're like, in, you're out, there's a save, there's a miss, there's a goal. Like, I, I can't keep straight when I'm in there. So, and I, you know, I have too much nerves to be looking up at the scoreboard and trying to follow that. So I just do my best to be completely present in the moment and just focus on my job. And every time I step in the net, I just focus on trying to make a save. If I don't make a save, I go back out of the net. I focus, you know, I watch the shooter and I'm right back in my own zone. All right, back to my task at hand. So I'm just completely focusing. So to be honest, when Sweden's third shooter came up, when Sager stepped up, I had I had a, a, a slight idea that, you know, if she scored, they would have won it. But I, I don't think I felt that pressure at all because I was just so in the moment and I was just so um, like focused on my job and making a save and I've like stepped in that goal and I was like I'm gonna make the save I feel like I need to make a save right now and I'm gonna make the save and you know I didn't quite make a save but I like to think that you know maybe I psyched her out and that's a save enough uh well yeah you're because there was one the one that uh, missed the target which is I mean yes, hey that's that's a, that's, a, that's a win for the goalie and, and you, you, yes. made a, you made some big saves too so if they're gonna miss the net that's that's too bad for them I figure okay so do you remember the first time as a keeper you were in a penalty shootout? Like, are we going back to the Millwoods Warriors or? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the first time. Uh, honestly, I want to say provincial team when I was like maybe 14 years old. Um, I didn't start playing competitive soccer till I was like 11 anyway. So I want to say like, I think I remember a PK shootout when I was like 14 with the provincial team, but a very vague memories. I do remember in college, we had a lot of PK shootouts and I was always one of the shooters as well, which is very interesting. Bev didn't call on me in Tokyo, but I think that's okay. <laughs> yeah, you're fine doing the, doing the yeah. job. You were <laughs> I'll to stick to sure. one job. <laughs> yeah, that's, good. that's a good plan. Stephanie Labe joining us tonight on uh, Inside Sports as we look back on the women's soccer gold medal from Tokyo in the summer. Uh, an incredible moment. And she was telling you, obviously, the, the medal still bringing back uh, a lot of memories. So you, you win. What, I think I'm curious, what were the next 24 to 48 hours like? Because I assume many of you had to get back to somewhere right yes so the way that the the tokyo olympics worked was um from the moment that your event or your competition ended um you had 48 hours to be out of the village so it was like very quick turnarounds um for majority of athletes so honestly by the end of it like we were there right until the end because our game was uh the day before the closing ceremonies and um there weren't too many athletes left over in, in the village by that point. So there weren't too many events still going on, but um, yeah, it was a, a whirlwind for sure. Um, I was going through some of my own 
challenges with that. I, I had some pretty severe uh, anxiety and panic attacks um, throughout the Olympics and towards the end. So um, to be honest, after the final, I was like elated and there was some crazy emotions and I was expecting this kind of like ability to come down and just relax and enjoy the moment. But um, for, for my personal journey, I unfortunately wasn't able to, to celebrate too, too much. Um, we got back from, from that game, I think at around four in the morning, we got back to the village, um, just from the medal ceremony and then a long bus ride back to the village. Um, but you know, there, there was a lot of partying going on. There was a lot of excitement around the village and, um, we, we had a great time at the closing ceremonies and, um, yeah, it was, there was some good times. Well, Stephanie, thanks for sharing that, and 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 you mentioned some of some of your personal challenges, and I, and I know you've you've spoken about that in the past. Um, how do you how do you get through that? Because like like we were just talking about, like in that in that shootout and many other times in the tournament, you projected so much strength and so much confidence, and and but I guess just kind of more proof you can never know what's going on behind uh whatever someone might be projecting at, at a moment so how you know how did you sort of deal with the anxiety like you said and who sort of helps you in those moments where maybe you're not feeling your best yeah i think for me um because this is something that i've been challenged with in in my life um i've worked very hard at my mental strength and my mental preparation for for training and games so for me um the second i step over the white line and i'm on the pitch um that's like the place where I'm the most comfortable, where I'm the most myself, where I'm the most confident version of myself. And that's what I train for. So it's like, it's almost like when I step on the field, I am, I have the ability to be so incredibly present in that moment that nothing is able to rattle me or shake me. So the confidence and the the strength that you see of me on the field, like that is genuine and that is me. Um, and it's when I step off the field that, um, you know, that, everything that I know about soccer almost kind of fizzles away. And then it's, then I'm back to real life. And, you know, I'm a human being just like everybody else. I have my own personal struggles. I have, you know, a personal life. I have family, I have friends, I have work stress, you know, I have all of the same types of challenges that everybody else has. Um, I'm just able to channel it and, and um, I guess, tune it out for those 90 minutes when I step on the field. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I, I I appreciate that, and I I, I always um, I ask a lot of questions of athletes about um, you know mental strength, confidence, because I, I get so many different answers, Stephanie. I mean, I've had people who've made incredible shots or plays in a game who have told me, you know, years later, they were like, oh, I, I, I didn't think I was going to make that. You know, <laughs> whereas yeah, you know, you don't see totally. that when they're performing. <laughs> No, for sure. It's, you know, everyone has different challenges. And, and like you said, you know, what we see um, of athletes, we see on the TV or in the media, and we only see one perception of that. Um, but it's really like when an athlete is stepping on the, the field of play, there's so many things that go into performances. Um, and, you know, an athlete might come out of a, a specific performance and have one opinion of it, and the media will have a different opinion of it, and the coach will have a different opinion of it, and a teammate will have a different, like, everybody has different opinions and perceptions of how things go, and um, at the end of the day, you know, only an athlete really knows because they are the ones doing the preparation, they're the ones um, in the gym when nobody's looking, they're the ones, you know, 
eating properly and getting the proper recovery and sleep and doing what they need to do in the gym and um, all of that goes into performances. So I think that's the one thing to remember with athletes is, um, you know, we only see one perception when we're watching them compete, but there's so much more that goes into that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up here with two or three kind of uh, fun ones or lighter ones, whoever you want to look at, so we can get to know you in another way as well. Okay. Uh, awesome. Let's do it. Other than soccer, what sport do you most enjoy watching in your free time? Ooh, hockey for sure. Okay. <laughs> and you get you're in Paris right now. Do you get, how much NHL or Oilers are you getting? <laughs> yeah, you know, watching hockey games at four in the morning isn't necessarily on my schedule. Um, but you know, finding those websites where I can watch the replay the next day and trying not to see the score as I'm hitting the link for watching the replay is very challenging. Um, but yes, hockey uh, through and through. Okay, and and, uh, and you are an Oilers fan, I think. I believe we've talked about that. I am. Okay. I am. All right. Well, they got to pick it up a little bit, but hopefully they will. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay. So, and I, I mentioned you're you're currently in Paris. Um, for those of us like me who have not been to Paris, does it live <laughs> up to all the myths and hype? <laughs> Uh, if you're asking about the cheese and wine, yes. Okay. <laughs> the cheese and wine is impeccable. <laughs> All right. And is, uh, the, what's the sports scene like there? Uh, it's amazing. It's, you know, there, there's a saying, Paris is magic. Uh, Paris est magique. And um, I have to say that's very, very true. The, the culture around football here is really, really amazing. Um, the support that they have um is is really really cool to be a part of and um yeah it really is a, a pretty cool sporting city and i think right now there's a lot of excitement with obviously the paris olympics coming up paris 2024 and um that's a really exciting thing to kind of feel the energy here and um, the excitement around that as well okay and i'm going to give you this one as well you, you do a lot of interviews and, and especially in, in the wake of winning gold and all that stuff um what question do you wish somebody would ask you that you've never been asked? And then, of course, I'm going to expect you to answer it as well. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> well, oh, that's a tough one. I don't know. I feel like I'm a pretty open book, and I, you know, you can ask me a question, and I'll take it whatever direction I want to take it. So I don't right. know if there's a question that I've necessarily not been asked. Like a hobby um, or something you wish you could talk about that no one ever brings up, something like that? I don't know. Do you have model oh, trains or something <laughs> Uh, I love puzzling. I don't know if I've ever talked about puzzling in an interview. Like <laughs> Currently actual, working on a puzzle right now. Like actual jigsaw puzzles. <laughs> yes, I love puzzling. It's like it's a form of meditation for me, but I can get lost in a puzzle and I can just sit and puzzle for hours. I love it. What's the largest one you've ever done in terms of pieces? Ooh. Honestly, I think a thousand. I'm like, I'm kind of, I'm also like, as much as I love puzzling, I also love achieving things. So I don't want it too big where it takes me too long to achieve it. Right, you want to finish. But, um, you know, I did get my uh, favorite present for Christmas this year. My fiance, Georgia, got me a personalized puzzle of the uh, photo of us after we won gold, the team photo of us all with our medals. So I have yet to put that one together, but that will be the next puzzle that I do. Okay, well, that I hope that one is on Instagram when it's finished. We want to see that. Definitely will be. I promise it will be. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Stephanie, what a pleasure to catch up with you. Uh, and again, congratulations and all the best moving forward. I know you got a lot of great matches and big moments ahead of you as well. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, we wish her all the best. When we've had her on the show, a great guest, a remarkable career. I loved hearing her tell stories about winning that gold medal and her demeanor during that shootout. That is Stephanie Labbing.
We will conclude this best of edition of Inside Sports with a true feel-good story. A gentleman who grew up in Spruce Grove, played for the U of A Golden Bears football team, was drafted into the CFL, played for the Ottawa Red Blacks, and now with CFL free agency, he is coming home. He's signed with the Edmonton Elks. It's offensive lineman Mark Cordy. Yeah, it's it's incredibly exciting. I was I was thinking today it's bizarre that it's only been a week. It feels like it feels like it's been forever. And um, you know, was able to get to the stadium today and, and really felt the felt the welcoming air there. And you know, just really excited to to get to training camp and get started. No, are, are you hanging out in Spruce Grove, or where have you been? I am. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm out here with fiance and uh, and young puppy out here in Spruce Grove. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought up your dog because your profile picture on Twitter is actually, I assume, this is the dog you're talking about wearing an Edmonton Elks T-shirt. This is. Yeah, Tucker is. Uh, he's become the star of the show for us out here. <laughs> and why is he named Tucker? Uh, you know what? I, I had a number of different names, um, and and my fiance wanted Tucker, so so he was named Tucker. So um, maybe there's a Jason Tucker angle there with a, a former double uh, E player, but uh, you know, really, it was it was a fiance decision for me. All right. Now, I mean, look, you uh, you were obviously drafted by uh, Ottawa, and uh, you played there. Well, I guess there wasn't a season in 2020, but um, you know, four years there with the Red Blacks, who uh, you know maybe had a couple tough spells but we're pretty competitive most of the time uh, how tough was it was it to leave I, I know you're coming home but what goes into the decision to uh to kind of explore free agency yeah you know it's certainly certainly happy to to come home but it was you know i would be lying if i said it uh, it wasn't hard to leave ottawa um you know it, it became a bit of a second home over the years and and i was treated really well there made some made some lifelong friends um and really enjoyed my time um, you know, however, you know, when something comes up that works both from a football perspective and from a, a personal perspective, like it did here in Edmonton, um, you know, those are opportunities to jump on, and, and that's what we had. And so, um, you know, really excited to make the move. Um, had some good years in Ottawa, you know, kind of saw both ends of the spectrum of, of success there. You know, went to a great cup, you know, the rookie year, and then two years after that had some, some struggling seasons. And so um, hoping to bring some of that experience into Edmonton, some of that um, you know, breadth of experience and, and provide that um, maybe a little bit of knowledge to some younger guys in the organization as well. Um, how did you feel about the transition from uh, Canada West football to pro? Like, did it, did it, was it all clicked in after your, your rookie year or was it a lot of lessons that year? Uh, you know, it definitely it definitely takes some time to adjust. Um, you know, Canada West football is is really high level. Um, you know, we we had some really good coaching at U of A, played against some good teams. But you know, anytime you make the jump to to a new level, like, you know, going from you know university to professional, there's there's a there's a steep learning curve. And you know, thankfully, I had had good veteran guys around me and good coaches that that, hel that helps to ease that transition. Um, so, and I think one that went fairly smoothly, you know, over that rookie season there. Yeah, Mark Cordy from your Edmonton Elks joining us tonight on Inside Sports as he signed as a uh, free agent last week. Uh, did, did David Beard play any part in the recruiting? 
Yeah, yeah, we uh, we got a chance to talk a few times, um, you know, leading up to it, and and you know, he's we've we go back a few years, so um, certainly excited to to get to work with him every day, and you know, and get to get to be better acquainted on the field. So um, yeah, certainly certainly excited to play with Dave. Yeah, well, well, that's uh, that's cool for sure. Well, I, I like I'm scrolling your Twitter account, and you're you're not a big tweeter, and you haven't been using it that often, but uh, everything is about uh, how excited you are to be playing in Edmonton. And, and seeing your family more. Well, there's a little bit about pizza, and can you tell everybody what you did for lunch today? Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I yeah, I am. I am certainly new to Twitter, um, but yeah, love my love my Edmonton food spot. So Red Swan Pizza is on there as a good one. And then you know, I was I was in the you know the stadium today at Commonwealth, and I I needed lunch, so I went went straight over to the Italian bakery that's right in the neighborhood and and grabbed myself a sandwich. So hadn't had one in a few years, and was you know chomping at the bit to get one whenever I could. Yeah, love talking to Mark. Awesome story. Wish him all the best with the Elks. Okay, well, besides Mark, you heard from Stephanie Labe, Victor Kui, Dan O'Toole, Rachel Weeb, Craig McTavish. All great guests. This has been a best of edition of Inside Sports. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Our next Oilers broadcast is Wednesday, 4 o'clock face-off show game at 5.30 as they're going to take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.